Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Awaken Your Inner Awesomeness. I am your host, Melissa Oatman from melissaoatman.com, and I am so excited to have you here today for another episode. We have a very special guest with us today. We have Miss Erin Elizabeth Downing, who is an author and has written the book Kundalini Yoga demystified and I cannot wait to talk to her today because she is going to be talking to us about how kundalini yoga can really help us in our lives. She happens to work in the corporate world and she has used it in her own life to help her cope with all of the stress that of course comes with that. So I cannot wait to get started. Before we get started with today's episode, I want to ask you a serious question. Do you suffer from sweat Do you find it hard to find a deodorant that actually works for you and keeps you dry? Or maybe you sweat on your back or thighs or different parts of your body, and of course, you don't put deodorant there. Well, then I have a solution for you. Let me tell you about the company Hickey. Hickey was born out of a collective group of people who wanted to create personal care products that people would actually want to use and that would actually help you get rid of sweat for good. This line of products contains deodorants, as well as other products you can use for thigh sweat, back sweat. It's vegan, cruelty-free products, and Hickey products are great for any body, man or woman. Their products are designed to help you fight sweat and chafing. From their body wipes for when you don't have time to take a quick shower, to their anti-chafe stick. Frictionless skin is just a wipe away. They even have body powder, which is sort of like hair powder, but it leaves your skin feeling silky and soft. You will feel refreshed and renewed. So remember, if sweat and chafing and odor is a problem for you, go check out Hickey, products made for anybody. Go to hickey.com h-i-k-i.com and see all of the great products they offer. Plus, they make awesome stocking stuffers. Hi everyone, nice to meet you. I'm excited to be here. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here today, Erin. And I always, um, before we get started talking about Kundalini yoga. There's probably a lot of people out there who are very familiar with it and probably a lot who really are not that familiar with it. But before you get started talking about that, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how your journey led you to teaching others about Kundalini yoga? Yeah, sure. Um, I've had, like many people who have gone down this this spiritual rabbit hole, had a plethora of things happen to me in my life. Um, First and foremost, it started with physical ailments that also piggybacked right around the time um, I had some really intense, like personal traumas happen to me in my life, um, which made all of the physical things compound as well. And um, after a couple of years of that, you know, having really intolerable gut issues, like being very, very sick for a long time, um, I was literally hospitalized at the age of 23, just wow. debilitating pain, couldn't figure out what was wrong. Um, and that's when I started down the rabbit hole of the alternate wellness like world at the time. So I literally turned 39 in like three days. So it's been a journey since that 23. And 
over the years, I've just tried different modalities. I've, I've worked with different healers, to be honest. I have quite literally traveled the world um, meeting meeting these ancient healers, where they live, where they thrive, and, and learning from source um, down there and in a lot of different places across the world. And each one of these modalities and each one of these things, I've, I've found little bits of pieces of myself or ways to help myself cope or ways to help myself heal. And it's just been, you know, one a hurdle or one mountaintop or one valley or however you want to do it, windy road after another. And every time, you know, a new obstacle comes up and, and new things pop up, I, I continue to be a student of the universe, be a student of the world and really just use myself as patient zero. Um, so a lot of my healing, a lot of my journey and a lot of where I am is, is a byproduct of that. And I, I really believe it's part of my life's journey and part of my dharma to, to take this information and take these experiences I have had and share it so that others have this information that I've spent my you know entire adult life seeking out and experimenting with and learning from um, to help themselves heal if that serves them. And if not, even just opening people's eyes to different ways of thinking, different, different lineages, different cultures, um, different ways that you know, the heart and the soul heal, um, I believe is helpful because even if that isn't your, your um, modality at the moment, it could help someone else around you. It could open your heart to somebody else's experience that you weren't necessarily open to or conscious of or um, aware of. It, it helps us with our empathy. It's just a, it's just a rabbit hole of um, deep, 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 emotional, physical, spiritual work that I personally believe the more that we heal ourselves and the more compassionate we can be to those around us and the more we can help heal the collective. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you 100% on that. Um, so what I think is interesting is, so you started off in the corporate world and we know how stressful that can be because I worked in the business world for a little bit too and I hated every minute of it. And so I ended up going into teaching, but um, tell us what your experience was like at that time and how that kind of led you to, I know part of it was your wellness and trying to figure out yeah. what was going on with your body and why you were so sick. So how did you being in the corporate world then lead up to you finding Kundalini Yoga? Sure. So um, when I started uh, brief history, because it all compounds upon one another, you know, we could jump, we could jump the gun and go straight to the Kundalini Avenue. But um, my book is not just about Kundalini. A lot of it's about the science of yoga and why uh, the yogic science says do things at certain times or eat a certain way or what even the reason for a mat is or why would you practice in the morning versus the evening? It's, it's so much of the science behind all of that. And that's kind of been my my, my journey is just kind of a student of life, so to speak. And first I found um, acupuncture was one of the first modalities I, I tried. And um, I cut out meat out of my diet when I was 25 and my life improved 75% overnight. My body is just a very, very sensitive body, um, whether it be mentally, emotional, spiritually, or physically. And I found that I just couldn't um, process meat. Now, that's not to say that my my body's process, you know, no pun intended, is 
something that everybody should do, but I am just a very deeply feeling sensitive, empathetic person. And even as a child, I was the kid who ate lettuce and tomato on a hamburger bun. Like it wasn't my jam back then before people told me I had to. So that was kind of my, and I, I mentioned that not to be like go vegan, you know, harp on that, but more of that was one of my first opportunities to say, wait, I knew this. I was literally the kid that was like, no, I don't want a hot dog. Like, yeah, less than tomato. Give me some, give me some mustard. Like I didn't even like mayonnaise, which as we know has egg and stuff in it. It just, even as a younger kid, my food preferences was always more for vegetables, was always more for satiating my body in a plant-based way. And it wasn't until I cut it out that I said, oh, wow, like I knew this all along. And that was kind of one of those first aha window moments that I truly believe was like a gift from spirit, from whomever um, that is up there, out there, looking over, watching over all of us that was like, hey, let's pay attention. Your gut is a wreck. I had a lot of, of personal things that were happening that were incredibly tumultuous, right? And I started with those sort of modalities. Um, a girlfriend of mine got me a gift card to a local yoga studio, which was a, more of a vinyasa flow. It wasn't quite power. I was living in San Diego, California at the time. And like, it's like East Coast Pilates versus West Coast Pilates, right? East Coast Pilates is much more ballet. It's much more fine-tuned. It's much more um, traditional Pilates method. West Coast Pilates is like, let's do some jumps with some weights and like add in all the, all the things. And it's really cool because I think both modalities are great, right? But it was a different way. Um, the studio that she sent me to was less of like a power yoga, less of a power vinyasa flow, and was much more like Here's your, your weighted blanket at the end for your savasana. Here's a lot of opportunities for like a nidra or a slower type class. And she was my, during all this time, um, as I was starting to heal myself, more hurdles came. Um, my mom got really sick with cancer. Um, I was going back and forth to the East Coast for that. And my husband and I's relationship was slowly deteriorating as that happened. I ended up having both of our puppies like got cancer. I ended up having a couple of miscarriages, like all sorts of things were happening. So it was almost like every time I peeled back the layer of the onion, something else hit me. So I needed that extra support because every time I started to heal my gut, or every time I started to heal my heart, or every time I started to really work on myself. Um, and that mental and spiritual capacity, I was like hit wave after wave after wave after wave. So to, to full speed, you know, I started doing yoga. I became a Pilates instructor. Um, I got right into the, like the hardcore, you know, core power back in the day, power flow yoga. It was one of the things that really helped me get my emotions out. And it wasn't when my, when it turned out after my mom had passed and it turned out that my marriage was decoupling and was not going to be able to remain the two of us together, I moved to New York City. And that's when all of the things that had happened to me started exasperating even more. Um, I had, when I was in the hospital at like 23, that's when I was diagnosed with my first autoimmune disease, which was Hashimoto's, um, sort of a thyroid condition, which as it turns out now, um, a lot of people don't talk about any of these autoimmune diseases being genetic, but it is my personal experience. Everyone on my dad's side of the family, my dad, his sister, his mom, and I all have Hashimoto's. My dad had thyroid cancer because of it, you know, down the rabbit hole. Everyone on my dad's side has that. Everyone on my mom's side has celiac, right? My grandmother, my mom, two of my aunts, one of my cousins, my grandmother's sister, like there's a whole side of all of us who have celiac on my mom's side. And there's also like arthritis 
spilled in there. So one thing that people don't talk about a lot is that if you have one autoimmune disease, the likelihood that you have another is very, very, very strong because if your immune system is weakened, um, you are susceptible to all that as well. And I, in my experience, I do not have a doctor. Like I, I'm not a licensed physician, but my personal experience is that it's it's ancestral and lineage based as well because everyone on those sides of the family seem to have the same ailments. Mm-hmm. Um, now we know a lot about you know genes that turn on and off due to stress, due to things, and there's all sorts of really interesting. Um, spiritual theories and um, psychological and emotional theories that one of the reasons why a lot of women have thyroid issues is because up until this point in history and one when many would argue even at this point in history many women weren't um, encouraged to speak their truth right so um, your thyroid is at your throat chakra to bring it back all all into this um, and at the time that I was diagnosed with this, it was very much my experience. Like I was not, I, I was not speaking my truth. I was not part of that. Um, so I, I say all these things because this is kind of the rabbit hole you go down. Like you start your healing process and you get more, more layers of the onion and then you get more and more and everybody, there's different seasons. There's different traumas that you're unpacking. There's ancestral, right? You could go past lives, no matter, depending on what and whomever and whatever you believe in, um, the the healing is endless truly it is a lifetime journey and after this lifetime we've got another one and another one and another one um and it's important to talk about because people you know as you start doing all of these things like it doesn't ever get easier if anything your heightened awareness and your heightened consciousness about what's happening around you not just to yourself but to everyone else you become even more um, your spidey sense, so to speak, right? Any of those um, senses and any of those abilities to pick up on those things around you um, become a little bit more in tune and a little bit more heightened. And you really start to notice when other people are going through things and you start to pick up on on, on their experiences as well. And it, it gets a lot harder. It really does. Like if I mean, I think the difference is is you can either choose to be an active participant in your life or you can choose to to numb yourself away. But either way that you do it, the same stuff is there. Um, I'm not saying one is easier than the other and I'm not saying one is right. Like I truly believe we each have our own path in, in this lifetime. And I believe that I was given as many obstacles as I was because I was being forced to wake the F up and wake the F up at a really young age and wake the F up and deal with all of this drama, um, which I'm like the least dramatic person ever. <laughs> it just happens to be very intense situations that my life has, has found me in. And I, I truly believe it's because I meant to, my, I meant to do the things that I'm doing. Like write a book about Kundalini yoga, a, a side of yoga that most people say, Kundal what? most people have no idea what it is and as soon as they say that I said exactly that's why I wrote the book right like most people don't know what it is and if they do know what it is um a lot of people really freaked out and scared of it because it's it can be really intimidating if you've never heard the science behind it or you don't know anybody who's done it and especially if you're in western cultures where some of the things that are done um aren't something you grew up with and it's 
like I in no way shape or form think of myself as like the kundalini maven guru any of the things like I wrote a book because that's my way of teaching and I wrote a book because these methods back when I discovered kundalini to bring it back a little bit more um, on the topic I was living in New York City working 80 90 hours a week stressed the f out Wow. Anyone who's lived in New York <laughs> know that it's like corporate America on steroids. Um, it is intense as F and it's, it's to the moment that you have every minute timed out. Like, you know, if you leave your apartment at exactly 536, like you will make the train, you will be fine. You will make your class. You'll get to a meeting. But if you leave at 537, you're screwed. Like, not only do you not get to your class in time, like you've missed your meeting. Like you can't get your coffee because now the line's longer. Like you have everything dialed in to the minute when you are in New York City and you are not only feeling yourself, but you're feeling the energy uh, with everyone around you. And the energy of New York City is one of the most beautiful experiences you will ever experience. But if you don't have ways to continually bring yourself back to home, to calm your nervous system, to really drop back into center, it can be very physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually taxing. Yeah, I can only imagine that it would be because if you have everything timed down to that exact thing and you're competing with all of these other people for space, and that's a lot of energy around you too. So I can imagine that that would be overwhelming if you're empathic at all. Yeah, and I think that um, most of us, in fairness, I truly believe that most of us are empathic. People talk about being an empath or not. Like I believe that... um, yeah, yes, we know everyone talks a lot about introverts and extroverts and stuff like that, which um, it's great that the emotional collective emotional intelligence is more heightened to understand that people learn a little bit differently, people experience things a little bit differently, um, that being in different situations is um, affects people's energy and their heart and their soul in, in a unique way, depending on how we were each you know, individually built. And um, for me, the I pushed way too far into my masculine when I was in New York. And I, you can probably even just feel my energy as a much softer, more feminine energy. That's kind of my homeostasis is much more um, dipped into to my feminine. I have both, as we all do. And one of the things I love about the science of yoga and the Kundalini yoga is it, is it really honors the masculine and feminine both in both of us. And it really ties ways to bring us back to center where we can dip in and out of the masculine and feminine pretty um, quickly and even calibrate our nervous system so that we intentionally do things, especially in Kundalini yoga, intentionally do arm arm techniques, breath work, body movements, like locks, bandhas, all these other things that, that you do, even the mantras to bring yourself to a, a, a certain brink almost and push through the block and let your nervous system calm down or speed up or whatever we're doing intentionally, because then we start to calibrate ourselves to not have the same detrimental effects that happen when we do flight, fight, or freeze, because we pushed ourselves there intentionally in a safe, controlled environment, and then bring ourselves back. So when we do experience that in the quote unquote real world or out of the safety of our meditation pillar or mat or whatever we choose to do our practice, we have the tools and our body doesn't quite freak out the way that it did. Because it's like, oh, wait, we've been here before. And then hopefully the more we practice and the more muscle memory um, that we do, the more we're like, oh, wait, I've been here before. I can do this to help myself calm down, to help myself, my nervous system bring back down. 
And the more that, the more that you practice, or the more years that these things happen, the more that you experience these um, intense, altered forms of whatever. Um, the more that you notice immediately when you're out, when you're out of whack, when you're off center, to the point where, like you know, I spent years in New York City being like, I don't understand, like, I can't find my, my center, I can't find it. And, you know, Kundalini, it was a three minute Kundalini yoga that allowed me to meditate for the first time. Three minutes, it's in the book, literally three minutes. And it was because it combined the breath work, it combined the art movements, it combined all the things, like everything that, that it's doing that gets you out of the space that you're in. Like it literally forces your body out of the emotional state that you were in, that you came into that experience with, and it leaves you at a separate one. And you're like, oh, okay. Like it doesn't take, granted, if you have time and, and dipping into an extremely long practice, whatever it is, and that works for you, great. But the benefit, I believe, and, and all of the exercises that I put, put in the book were for that purpose is that there's three minute exercises, five minute exercises, 11 and nothing longer than that. Because you can get really real results with those. And the more that you start to practice those on your own, the more you start to do those daily, or the more you start your day with a three minute exercise by paying yourself first with just three minutes, right? Setting that intention that, you know, my body is worth it. My mind is worth it. My spirit is worth it. And I'm going to, I'm going to take care of my own health. I'm going to clean up my side of the street first because I love myself. And I know that today might get a little cattywampus and I'm going to set myself up for success. Like I'm not going to be a victim to my experiences. I am going to show up authentically knowing that if they go sideways, I will be able to handle it. And the, those things start to not only help your physical, you know, mental, emotional, but it, it really builds self-worth, right? Yeah. You're setting that intention every day. Like I am worth this. I am worth three minutes, you know? Yeah. I, I love that. And I think right now, especially everyone can use that because we've got a lot of intense energies going on right now on the planet. And what I think tonight is the lunar eclipse. And yeah. so there's, I mean, it's like, yeah, it's like a lot of transformational energy going on right now. And to be centered is really, really important. And I, I don't know about you, but me personally, I've had like three experiences happen this week where I had to set boundaries with people and speak my truth. And it's like, that's always been a thing for me that wasn't necessarily easy to do. But I think that whatever we're supposed to be working on right now is really showing up in a major way to, for us to have breakthroughs. So having this kind of tool to rely on to help bring you back to center is something I think that everyone needs. Yeah. And, and full transparency, like my life is not puppies and rainbows. I mean, I have an amazing puppy who keeps me grounded and I love him so very much, but like, I, you know, I'm having the same experience. You know, I, I did an event this past weekend and I did a lot of Kundalini and I did a lot of prepping for it because I really wanted to put my best foot forward and really make sure that I, I taught the modalities in a way that would be tailored to the audience and really wanted to get it out there because I just knew that it was going to be impactful, even if it was a handful of people that came. And um, after the event, completely wiped. Um, there were some things that happened that were out of my control that triggered a lot of wounds where I felt taken advantage of, right? I felt disrespected. And I literally spent all of Saturday crying. I spent the majority of Sunday crying. 
Then I went to work because I've re-entered the workforce and I have gotten hit the last three days, every single day, so hard from every angle in the same wounds of being disrespected, of being undervalued, of being taken advantage of to the point where I have cried and I have cried a lot in the last couple of days. And I'm like, okay, Aaron, you know that everyone is a mirror. How are you disrespecting yourself? How are you taking advantage of yourself? How are you not honoring your work? Like, what can you do? You can't take, you can't control what those other people do. You can't control how they show up and you can't control the way that they treat you, but you can control the way you treat yourself and you can't control the way you show up in those situations, ideally with grace. And if you need to step back and cry the F of it out and just let yourself feel every single painful emotion and, and pain, you need to journal, you need to do whatever it is, like, okay, like go inward. And I'm like, okay, literally, how am I not honoring myself? How am I taking, how am I not, how, what am I doing on a daily basis that does not honor my worth, right? And you start to, and, and this is what I mean about it not getting easier. Like it gets harder and it gets harder continually because that tells me that something really amazing that I have been praying for, hoping for whatever is on the other side. And if I can stand in my truth, if I can stand in my worth and if I can have the courage to come face to face with my own demons and the way that I don't show up for myself and the way that I'm not loving myself the way that I deserve to be loved, if I can sit in that discomfort and not run from it and not numb from it, right? And not ignore it and not hide it. Like it never happened because it is sure as heck happening. I cried on at least three Zoom calls. Granted, they weren't my corporate runs. They were with people that I shared this space with today. And I was like, I can't even hold, hold this in the last probably since Saturday. Today's what, Thursday? It's been a week of me breaking down and being like, look, like my heart is cracked open and it is really hurt by what's been happening. And I've been sitting in and I'm like, okay, Aaron, like if you can hold this, like even talking about it, I'm getting emotional. I'm like, if you can love yourself, if you can mother yourself, if you can father yourself, if you can show up for yourself with as much kindness and compassion as you have and do the work, double down on it, triple down on it, use your Kundalini, use your journaling, feed yourself nourishing food, right? Like attempt to to do those things, get back in nature. How can you be kind to somebody else in the face of them being completely hateful and nasty to you? Like, how can you continue to do that? Because if you can teach yourself and you can work with your nervous system and you can continue to pay yourself, like that will ripple out. And you know what? You will move through this and you'll get on the other side and something beautiful. This is me prep talking myself, right? Like something beautiful you've been praying for, something beautiful that that you've been working towards, something beautiful and up level in your life to get to the next stage of your journey, whatever that means, will be on the other side. You've just got to keep going. Yeah, I love that. And it's so true too. And um, there's probably a lot of people out there who've been going through a lot of tough energies lately because I think it is all happening for a reason for all of us and that we're trying to heal the old wounding. And like you said, because once you heal that, you get to the other side of that, there are amazing things that it's like the universe is like, here you go, because you've done such an amazing job. Like here are your blessings. And I think we just need to, we've got to, try to stay centered and understand that this is just a process and be gentle with ourselves 
And I love that you're so open and raw that you can share with us that, yes, I cried. Yes, I did this because you have to. And I think so many people want to push it down and not really experience it. And, and you have to let that go and experience. Well, it causes disease in the body, right? We, exactly. hold, we hold our emotions on ourselves. Our gut is our second brain. Like if my gut is completely destroyed, it's because I'm not dealing with something emotionally. My body is not able to process it. And, and I know like I haven't, you know, I went to school at Virginia Tech. I drank my face off, right? Like I had a great time. It was a beautiful experience. But now the more I do this work, I realize like alcohol doesn't really work with my system. And I don't enjoy it the way that I used to. And maybe I enjoyed it because I actually enjoyed alcohol or maybe I was numbing or who knows, I can't transport my back, myself back. But I'm like, okay, I need to pay attention. Like my body is very sensitive. And the more that I do this work and the more that I'm open to it and the more empathy I come across and the more of these things that happen, my body doesn't react the same way. So like, okay, maybe I should dial back on that. Maybe I should consider that I may not want to do this anymore, ever. And if I change my mind, I change my mind, but I'll give myself grace with that. But in this exact space where I'm feeling emotional and crying and doing these things, I'm like, if I tune into myself, I realize, yeah, like, I don't actually want that. That's just something I always did that feels normal and familiar. And what would it look like if I chose not to, and still went to dinner with friends or still did those things? Like, will my experience be diminished? I don't know. Let's try it out. Right. And it's just a constant, it's a constant peak and valley, peak and valley, peak and valley. And it's, and it's just a recommitment to yourself every day. You know, I, I had a, a conversation with a, a new friend recently, and he was talking about his disheartened with uh, homo sapiens, which I just love that he calls it that English isn't his first language, but it's just like my favorite yummy thing that he <laughs> calls homo sapiens. He's like, oh, I'm just frustrated with sapiens. I'm like, I love that you say that because it's just so, I don't know, fun and all encompassing and, and yeah. not binary and it feels really good to me. Um, and he was like, how do you stay so positive? I'm like, I don't necessarily stay so positive because I know that there's real pain and struggle out there. I was like, but I show up every day and it is hard for me every day. Like I don't just do a meditation and wake up and like see, you know, snow whites, like blue jays hanging on my window. And some days though, I walk around and I'm like, this world is magic. Like, oh, but that's part of New York. I think that that's actually, now that I say this, like, I think that that's one of the beauties that New York instilled in me is like, you will love and hate New York 37 times in the same day. <laughs> yeah. I can totally see that. Uh-huh. Like minute, minute, like you're on the subway and you're like, mother, the F and the thing, you're like getting all angry. And then some beautiful human like opens the door for you, or you see somebody do something kind to someone else, or someone is playing a beautiful song on their violin just because, or you see a, a building that you're like, oh gosh, that was built so long ago. And look at the, the attention to detail, my degrees in interior design, if you couldn't tell. So I, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh my goodness. And then somebody flips you off, then someone cuts you off. And then, you know, someone writes you a nasty email, dumping all of their emotional baggage on you, which has nothing to do with you. And so you're like up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down all the time. And now I don't live in that environment. And it's also a post-pandemic New York. So who knows if the energy is still the same, but that's why the breath bark, that's why these things bring you back to center and having that experience living there for so long, you know, now I know that on any given moment, there's going to be ups, there's going to be downs, but the more that I commit to myself and the more that I'm in the moment, 
whether it's painful, whether it's a joyous and the most elevated, elated experience, the more that I sit in that, the more these synchronicities happen and the more this magic happens. Like you meet a beautiful person who just tells you the most wonderful story or something that you've been praying for just shows up in a completely unique way around the corner. And you start to see how actually supported we all are all the time. And it doesn't mean it's, it's quote unquote easy, but we are supported on this journey every second of every day. Yes, absolutely. I love that. I love that. So talk to us a little bit more about your book. So if there's someone out there who maybe there's someone who has no idea what Kundalini yoga is, or maybe there are people who do, but um, tell us a little bit more about your book and how you sort of introduce people to the Kundalini yoga. Sure. Um, it's called Kundalini Yoga Demystified. Um, the chapters are broken out. Like literally the first one says, uh, Kunda what? <laughs> because <laughs> people say, uh, wait, how do you pronounce that? Yeah. <laughs> even if you have your like 200 yoga teacher training hours, you probably studied Kundalini for maybe three hours of that 200. <laughs> so people who are diehard yogis teach yoga and stuff know of it, but may not know in the extent. Um, so the book's really for everyone. It could be someone who's never done yoga in their life. Um, and it doesn't mean that it's a, a book that shows you a bunch of postures and flows. It's literally about the history and the science of it, most of it incorporating the techniques. So um, there's manifest like a yogi, which talks about your routines, like why you do things for 28 days, 40 days, 90 days, first thing in the morning. It talks really about the, the science behind what all of that actually is, and then goes into the chakras and the importance of that. Um, as it relates to Kundalini and even starts talking about, you know, nourish like a yogi, like why there is food protocols and why most quote unquote yogis are vegetarian, right? And what does that mean? And what's the science behind that from those lineages? And as you kind of go through it, each chapter builds on each other. It really starts with the foundations, you know, the, the hardcore science that could go across any of the yoga lineages. And then it gets a little bit more specific as it goes on to something that's, you know, maybe a little more different, um, to Kundalini, but, you know, the, the purpose is, you know, there's a chapter all about mantras. You know, a lot of people use the term uh, mantra interchangeably with affirmations. Um, it's not the same. And I talk about why um, mantras are literally sacred sounds of the universe. They're like mm -hmm. vibrations divinely given to us that actually scrub our insides from the inside out. Like when you chant mantras and especially when you chant them like you do in community, which a lot of, of people do, you know, um, whether it's a mantra in a class or it's in a song, I play mantras all the time in the background um, when I'm around my house it, and it just kind of puts me in a meditative state, right? Like it just kind of, it gets in and kind of scrubs and cleans your cells from the inside out, um, just like your breath work does, you know, Joseph Pilates, who's the founder of, of Pilates, um, used to call, um, breath work, your internal shower. He's very famous for this quote, um, because you're actually bringing in that oxygen, you're expanding your lungs and you're using the moisture and stuff in the air and all these things to quite literally clean your body from the inside out. The mantras do the same thing, but on a vibrational level. Yeah, and I love that. Cause I, I actually listen to a couple of songs that have the mantras in them and I love listening to that. And you can totally feel 
vibrationally how it it does cleanse you and makes you feel so much better yeah and and you could do the work to google some of them and feel it but i mean sometimes you just play something and it hits you and and the re- the reason why i bring those vibrations and stuff up is because to the point about the fact that all of these modalities all of these modalities cross very interchangeably and it hits people in different places you know i like to use the example of um a girlfriend of mine who's like one of my spiritual running buddies, like she and I are on the soul path together. We are rarely now ever in the same city or at the same stage, but we kind of like come together, cross, go come together, cross. And um, we met up when we weren't even living in the same city at this retreat in Maine. And the first night somebody came in with, with the crystal sound bowls, right? And my girlfriend had like the most intense experience, like shaking body, like those vibrations of those sound bowls, like hit her in a level that was like next. And I was like, okay, like with her in the experience, like holding space for her, kind of like, what the heck is going on with my friend? But she was like, (laughs) to the point that like, she literally went studied and has like now started her own company where she brings um, not just like, like sound healing, but all sorts of other modalities to other people. And like the second night that we were there, I had a similar experience, but with music that had mantras and stuff in it on those my body was like shaking at certain points and things were happening so for me those 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 sacred sounds like hit me hard it it doesn't mean that I don't get a effect of the vibrations and stuff if I if I go to a sound healing but for her she can like tell you where it is feel it pinpoint it colors like she her her body makeup her energetic makeup hits really hard with those for me it's mantras and that's kind of why like with the kundalini stuff like the reason why I literally wrote the book because there are some people that this will literally change their life. They will do one exercise and they will be like, where has this been? This is it. Like sign sealed, delivered, sign me up. What do I do? Which is what happened to me. I was like, done. Like, how do I learn more about this? What is this? What is this magic? Like, I don't care what it is, how it is like, yes, done. Let's do it. Great. Yeah. Especially for maybe those who say they can't meditate because you said that you couldn't really meditate but the first time you did a three minute kundalini yoga exercise that you were able to really get into it so that's interesting that's really interesting like i think i think i think of kundalini almost like a gateway drug to the hippie spiritual woo truly because like if you're like, oh, I'm trying to meditate, I'm too type A, I'm too ADD, whatever, dude, I get you. Like I was a New York corporate executive. I'm like on planes, trains, automobiles, like doing the thing. And I could not chill the F out. Like I would sit and be like, oh, and my thoughts, like five years in a row, New Year's resolution, like I'm going to create a meditation practice, never happened. I would be like, what is wrong with me? Like, I don't understand. How can everybody else do this? And like Kundalini just works for me. Like my energetic makeup, it, it hits me and it hits me really quickly. And I find immediate results. And if you, and if you relate to being a highly emotional person, I would say if you have Pisces anywhere strongly in your chart, cause it's very mystical, mutable water kind of vibe. Um, if you consider yourself type A or ADD, trust me, do a three minute kundalini meditation especially if you've never meditated before in your life and you will be like what just happened it's so good and then it's a tool in your toolkit and then you're like oh well that wasn't so weird like i heard aaron talk something about the sound healing like "Mm, maybe like 
Julie Eugene was like a little out there, but she said that that works for someone else. Like, I wonder if that works for me. Like, what do I have to lose? Right. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, okay, well, let me just try these one thing. Like, wait, someone's doing tarot cards. Meh. And then you're like, eh, what do I have to lose? Right. And you start right. to just try these different things. And the more that you start to do this stuff, and especially if you create a daily practice, like that's one of the things that Kundalini really, really teaches. Like when you actually go to learn about it, they're like, look, three minutes every single day is more important than an hour and a half on the weekend. The consistency compounds, compounds and compounds. And the results that you get by showing up and being consistent, especially if you do it in the same place. And especially if you do it at the same time. So every morning you wake up, you commit to three minutes, you sit at the same place in your house, you do it at the exact same time you commit and you start to really compound that energy, compound that energy and compound it. I kid you not, if you commit to 90 days, one full season of just one three minute exercise, journal before, journal after, journal during, like you will be shocked at the way your life changes. Mm -hmm. It will look so different 90 days by making that commitment every day, because not only are you changing your vibrational field, are you changing your energetic field and the way that you show up, which causes other people to show up, you are doing an act of self-love every single day and honoring yourself every single day. First thing being like, I am worth this. your whole life life will change truly Yeah, and it's amazing just to have like you said one more tool in your Mm -hmm. toolbox to help you when life gets stressful and tough because it just it does sometimes and so we all need that Mm -hmm. and that's how I think about it you know I think about it as kundalini is not the only way it's just one way and when I discovered it there wasn't a book or a place online and and virtual classes weren't a thing and the YouTubes was like oh gee like maybe when Bieber got found right we're like nobody except for music executives we're like really on YouTube or people like much younger than me like so this was like back when none of that was a thing and even when I was trying to learn and study about it like I quite literally had to leave the States and go abroad for months and study and, and do all these things while I was attempting to teach myself how to write a book deal and I'll get a book deal and write a book and do all these things. Because I was like, I have to go to the source because everything that I'm getting is now the Western version of it, which is not a bad thing, but Kundalini is still so, or at least at the time was so abstract. And so many people were like, oh, I learned from this one person, from this one person, from this one person. And that is, in fairness, how it was always taught. The yogic sciences, um, you know, start with the Vedas, which are like the divine scriptures, essentially, that are the foundation of all of all yoga. Um, but, you know, like one of my teachers in India, we're like, I mean, I was freaking New Yorker at the time. I'm like, okay, well, what's the exercise? How do I write this down? Step A, step B, step D, you know, like, let me get my laptop out. She's like, y'all chill. Like, no, like we need to meditate. Let's talk about this. And she said, look, I discovered my guru at, you know, she's, you know, an Indian woman from India. And she says, I discovered my guru at 12 and I would go sit at the feet of my guru every day, four hours, five hours, six hours. She's probably 10 years older than me. She would say that it would take her years for her guru to give her any form of mantra or meditation. And that was the way that it was passed down. It was very devotional. It was very intentional. It was very sacred. And not that it isn't sacred now. It is incredibly sacred and to be respected. You know, the first page in my book literally says like, this information is not my own. 
Like it is, I am a, a conduit. I'm a channel for this. And I am, I owe every single ounce of the, of what is in this text, you know, though it is my, my personal interpretation and how I've adapted it to modern life. Like this science and this lineage is, is due a hundred percent credit to others than me. And the difference that we're seeing as we enter the Aquarian age is all of this information is now in the ether. It's now available, which is good and bad because we have a lot of misinformation happening, right? Everything has a dark and a, and a light, a masculine and a feminine, a positive and negative. Like everything has duality in it, not that masculine or feminine or good or bad. I'm just highlighting the duality right. of the two. Um, sun, moon, you know, everything has, has an opposition. So with the beauty of all of these ancient lineages and sciences and healing modalities and way to just come together, we're seeing the complete opposite shadow side of it, right? All the misinformation, all of um, the opposite energy of any of the positive are really showing up in full force right now. And it's, is, this is why I believe you know, a lot of this information that people didn't know, you know, a lot more people are doing Reiki, a lot, you know, a lot more energy healing. People are really starting to get tapped into the fact that crystals aren't actually just pretty. Like people are starting to understand what it actually means to have plants in your home, not just from the science of, you know, oxygenating the space, but really starting to understand like these living, breathing things and even just science on, you know, I love, there's like this meme out there that says, you know, if you talk to a houseplant, right, and you say positive things to them, and you, they've tested how they grow, and they're like, think of what would happen if you talk to yourself like that. Yeah, exactly. Love right? that. So without going down the rabbit hole, the whole point is just that it's inter, it's interconnected, right? And the more, the more that we have greater, greater beauty, we also have greater darkness. And so that's why any of these modalities that call out to whomever um, is out there, I, I think it's a beautiful thing. And the more that we can learn about them, even if they don't resonate with us, the more that we can have kindness, compassion, and empathy towards other people who they may, they may work for or other people's journeys in which they found help and healing with them. I love that. So if we have people out there listening who want to buy your book or they want to follow you, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, so my middle name is Elizabeth. So if you know my middle name, you can pretty much find me everywhere. Erin Elizabeth Downing, Erin um, Elizabeth Downing.com on all of the socials, Erin um, Elizabeth Downing. I think on Twitter, technically it's Erin Elizabeth D-O because they don't, my name would be too long for them. <laughs> um, but the book's live on Amazon and it's live with my publisher and we're working on getting it into, you know, I really want to support small businesses and small bookshops and yoga studios and people. So if anyone out there is interested in having it in their shop, because I would love to, to support in that way, not just the big conglomerates, um, reach out to me directly. I'd, I'd love to kind of help share the work in that way too, because we're all here to lift each other up. And if that's a, a little way that I can contribute to that abundance, I would, it would fill my heart with joy. I love that. That is awesome that you're doing that. I want to thank you so much for being here with us today. This was such a fun and great conversation. I really enjoyed it a lot. So thank you for being here. Of course. Thank you for having me. So, so lovely. I always like to ask our guests to leave our listeners with a little nugget of wisdom that they can take with them for the day. So do you have any extra added value? Because I feel like you've given us so much already. Sure. Um, you know, I think 
just important to remember that you are whole and perfect just as you are. And even if you are in the darkest of darks, just know that it is because your highest self is, is calling you to step into new, a new version of yourself. And if it hurts and it's painful, there are other people that love you and respect you and care about you and want nothing else for you to succeed and get everything you've ever wanted in this life. And the two people on this podcast are two of them. So if you feel that way, both of us sitting here are your champions. We believe in you. We love you. We respect you. And we see and honor your worth and, and, and hope you do too. I love that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much again for sharing everything with us and for doing what you do. I really appreciate you being here today. Yeah, likewise. Thank you. And I want to thank all of you for being here with us today as well. As always, if you like this podcast, please subscribe. Please leave a positive review from wherever you're listening. And the most and highest and best compliment you can pay me is to share my podcast with anyone you think might benefit from it. Don't forget, you can follow me on social media. And if you want to work with me, go to melissaoatman.com. Right now, I have a Black Friday special. You can take 10% off any services with me. All you have to do is put Black Friday in the coupon code at checkout. I would love to work with all of you. You can even book a free discovery call with me. I hope you guys have a beautiful day from wherever you're listening. As always, I'm sending you so much love and light. And I will talk to you soon. Bye, guys.